Welcome to the Karis Christian Center podcast. I was just here worshiping. I was thinking how small the world really is. Praise God. And uh, we had Javier here from Mexico. And, you know, I was just at a pastor's conference today, a minister's uh, thing from the city. And one of the pastors that sat at my table, he said, your youth group is awesome. He said, my daughter is our, our youth leader, and she comes to your youth some of the time, and she just loves it. <laughs> Praise God. And then another pastor of a very large church in town was sitting there and says, I know your youth pastor. I live next to him, and we love him. And so, praise God. So, Javier's from Mexico, and then we have our brother and sister from Germany. Praise God, right here. And then from the Philippines, we have you guys. Who, who are our other internationals? I was looking around here. Where are you guys from? Canada. Awesome. Where are you from? Jamaica. Hallelujah. I've been there and preached there. Been to Canada and preached there. So praise the Lord. And uh, so you know what? The world's a small place. Praise God. And uh, it's great to have each and every one of you. We love having you. And this is my cousin Shelly. Praise God. And her husband, Randy Marshall. And I've known Shelly since she's two years old. I was five years old in Pueblo, Colorado. Her mama was my babysitter. And so uh, she says she doesn't remember me from then. But uh, praise God. She has always loved Jesus from a young lady. She loved Jesus. And uh, we're so honored to have them. They've been serving in missions for years and years and years in Russia first. And, and then they've been in the Ukraine for quite a few years. So they're going to come and tell us some different things. And our leading worship was from Russia. So I was just thinking about, you know, my brother here is from Philippines. He, he, actually, he actually got born again in Lester Sumrall's church where Lester Sumrall went there. So we have a connection through Dr. Lester Sumrall. It's just amazing uh, about that, you know. I went to Russia and preached in 1991, actually. Then I went to the Ukraine and preached in 1994. I went back on a trip about 2004 uh, to uh, Russia uh, leading a mission group. And I went, when I went there, I shared in a church and the pastor got born again in the meetings that we were preaching when I was there in 1991. Hallelujah. So we were having crusades. It's just amazing how small the world is. Praise God. So we're all going to sing the song of the redeemed in heaven together. I won't take any more time. But Randy and Shelly, we want you to come. I just love them. I'm glad they're here. Uh, they're going to be sharing with you. They, they may take some questions at the end. I don't know. I'm letting them do whatever they want to do. And at the end, we'll receive the offering. I'll receive it. And back in the back corners where we have theirs and then at the door. And we're going to bless them. We love you. Thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks, Pastor. Boy, it's great to be here. Uh, we had a great time together with Pastor and, uh, and his wife, Barbara, beforehand at uh, eating a, a meal together at the hotel and hearing stories of God's faithfulness here to uh, Karis Christian Center. It was pretty exciting hearing about how the church all began and then how God took you through the COVID crisis, even in, with the challenges for the, with the government. And uh, and then the stories of the healings that we heard, especially a young, little young man uh, we met before the service. So God is here, and it's great to be here, too, and be able to share a bit about what God is doing in uh, Ukraine. Um, yeah, we're Randy and Shelley Marshall, and um, we uh, uh, know that life has been challenging the last few years, uh, I, all over the world, really. And uh, so I guess we can maybe start with our slides, if you want to 
put those up. Are they up? Some? Oh, okay. Yeah, next slide then. Uh, and uh, what, uh, you know, COVID has uh, kind of ravaged the world. And uh, we uh, had it also in Ukraine where they shut down the, uh, all, all the stores and, you know, this transportation and people were in masks and we had to sit at home and do everything from home, uh, similar to in the U.S. Uh, next slide. And, uh, and then, uh, of course, the war. You've been reading about the war in Ukraine. This is actually a suburb right, uh, right near Kiev that uh, we actually, some of the people we work with, uh, live in that, lived in that suburb, and uh, that street we've probably been down, and now it's just filled with tanks. I maybe they've cleared it by now. That's been a, several months ago, but uh, that's another tragedy that's been taking place in our world. Next slide. Uh, of course, we have the political divide here in the States with lots of people at throats and arguing and such. Next slide. And uh, that's not to mention all the normal problems in our world, yeah? Poverty and broken families, selfishness, earthquakes. Uh, hurricanes, all that kind of stuff. Uh, next slide. But the question that we have gotten most of during this time, particularly when we were working with refugees and Ukrainian refugees in Budapest after the invasion in February, was where is God in the midst of this problem, in the midst of these, these storms that we have? And, uh, and so that sometimes can be a challenging question to answer, but we just wanted to spend some time tonight talking about the faithfulness of God, just like Pastor Lawson and, and Barbara beforehand were sharing the faithfulness of God to, to you all. We want to share a little bit about how God has been at work uh, with us in Ukraine. So next slide. Uh, yeah, so that's the faithfulness of God. Next slide. Um, yeah, so we actually served in Russia for seven years prior to moving to Ukraine. I was actually a newspaper reporter in Greeley and Shelly a music teacher before we, uh, we went to, uh, into missions. And uh, one day, God brought a missionary to our church to tell about opportunities in Russia for one year. And we decided, oh, let's go. I don't know. It's just like, you know, the spirit of God speaks. And you say, let's go. So we sold our house and quit our jobs and raised the funds. And six months later, we were in Russia. And her parents were crying lots of tears to let their, their baby girl go. But uh, we ended up loving it so much, we stayed for seven years. But then God decided to move us. And we weren't ready to move. I don't, we were thinking we were going to be in Russia for a long period, but God is faithful and has bigger, greater plans. And uh, so he had the Russian government invite us to leave and take our visas away. And, uh, <laughs> and that was a challenging time, kind of a shock for a while. But uh, we ended up going to Ukraine six months later, and now we've been there almost 20 years. And, uh, you know, God knows what he's doing. It was a hard transition initially, but we really see that, man, we sure love what we're doing in Ukraine way more than what we were doing in, in Russia. Uh, it was good in Russia too, but we just really love that God brought us there. And, uh, and so he's faithful, even in the midst of some of those challenges. So next slide. Uh, and the next challenge was Shelly and I initially went with our mission, the first missionaries from our mission there. So we kind of started everything. But thankfully, in a few years, he developed a team around us and brought others to support. So he was faithful not to leave us alone and, uh, and, and give us a team. Next slide. Uh, and so our ministry in, in uh, Ukraine is disciple making and church planting. Uh, our churches are, though, not, we're not trying to create a large church with a Sunday meeting. We more are focused on kind of a network of home churches is, is our approach. Next slide. And uh, so what was, uh, one thing that we do is we use English as a way to make contacts with uh, Ukrainian young people. 
and uh, begin to develop relationship and then share the gospel. And uh, the faithfulness of God is, is he placed our apartment uh, on the north side of Kiev, five minutes away from a university. It wasn't there when we first moved, but within a couple of years, they built this university right near us, and we were able to establish a relationship, and they invited us in, and through his faithfulness, gave us uh, the opportunity to actually use the Bible when we do English clubs in this university. And uh, so it's neat to see how God has brought people to faith through that ministry. Next slide. And uh, so here's one of our clubs. And the way it normally works is we'll discuss a, a topic, uh, you know, like success or friendship uh, and uh, have some games and just discussion activities, but we'll use the Bible, uh, some verses from the Bible connected with the topic and begin, get the students beginning to think and understand that, wow, the Bible has something to say about things that I care about. And, and a lot of them begin, become interested to read it. Next slide. Um, I wanted to share about one student. He's actually an inter international student from China that uh, came to Kiev um, a year ago. Yeah, it would have been last fall He's to study. And uh, he came to our initial English club introductory meeting at the university. And I was sharing about what we did. And I mentioned briefly that we use the Bible as part of our, uh, our, our club. And, uh, and this uh, young man named Stone uh, was sitting there. But there, God also brought an atheist young woman that was very bold. And she raised her hand and she said, are you guys Christians? Are you trying to brainwash us? And, uh, <laughs> and so I, I was able to explain a little bit more about who we are and, and, and our purposes for the club. And this young international student said, uh, said to me afterward, later, he said, you know, I don't care so much about the English. I want to learn more about Jesus. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and I think that God brought that by his faithfulness again, brought that atheist young woman just to get more out so this young man could hear and understand uh, who we were. And so now he, yeah, we started to meet and he became a believer and, and now we're in discipleship meeting every week. And he, it's exciting to see how he's starting to reach out to his coworkers and share the gospel. So next slide. Uh, but we also in the summertime do English camps where we invite students in for about eight or 10 days in a, who speak English and want practice and invite native speakers from the US. So if anyone, once this war finishes, would like to come to Ukraine for eight or 10 days and just meet an English speaking Ukrainian university student and have a chance to build a relationship and share the gospel, I would encourage you to come because they're a great, great, uh, great way for them to, you know, because for them, Christianity is a cathedral. Jesus painted up on a ceiling that seems distant, mysterious, even maybe a bit stern. And when they come to camp and meet Christians that have a vibrant relationship with Jesus, they begin to see that, wow, there's something to this. God is intimate. He wants to be close to us too. He's not just a distant, mysterious God. And uh, so that's, a, that's what we do is we have these camps. And so Nick's, uh, I wanna show a video now uh, that kind of shows a brief taste of what the camps are like. So
before I have um, awful um, languages ba barrier mm -hmm. uh, I can't speak at all uh, now um, I understand that uh, another people understand me it's perfect mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm also find myself and my way in this world. I mean that now I can say that I'm really Christian girl and God is my father. I'm considering myself <laughs> to say agnostic, but uh, it was very interesting to have a better understanding of Christianity because I heard about it here and there and uh, the New Testament as a gift. Uh, I will surely read it. That will be very very interesting read. What about the Christian part of camp? Was that interesting for you, difficult? How would you describe that? Uh, I was really afraid about that, but uh, it was amazing for me. There are no force us to believe in something. They're just, um, people just share their opinion, their experience and motivated and inspired me to think more about my religion and about my life, maybe change something when I come home. Get past the video, we've seen it already. Okay. I think <laughs> yeah. it's gonna be Mary. I'm yeah. gonna share about Mary when that slide comes up. Mary was at camp, she loved taking selfies, so you should see a picture of her taking selfie here. Anyway, she loved camp. She came with came to camp with some belief in God, maybe like Randy talked about. Um, she believed God was a stern character, and the Christians that she had met, so-called Christians, were not very nice. So when she got to camp, and she just saw, these Christians are having fun, and they're really kind, and when she learned about relationship with Jesus, she accepted the Lord at camp. But then she went home after camp, and her mother and her grandmother, they both said, no, you can't, you can't read the Bible, you're not a priest, you, so she, and they encouraged her to just, uh, that success was the main thing, her job. And so she started getting into that part of her life. And so we didn't see her for like a year. But then she came back, to, was invited to one of our meetings where we were um, singing worship songs and reading the Bible. Anyway, she got touched at that meeting. And from then on, that was a year later, she changed. And her and I started doing ministry together, reaching out to girls and um, teaching English and different things. And then, I don't... Yeah, um, next slide. Next slide. Um, which one is it? Yes. Uh, last year, she married my son. So this is our daughter-in-law. So anyway, her and Andrew now are on our team in Ukraine. And they are to go back to, they're here in the States with us now. They're to go back in the beginning of October. But the cool thing is that now, weekly, her and next Andrew, slide. Next, next slide, they do a Bible discussion with her mom and her mom's two sisters and her grandmother. They're going through the book of John. And so I'm pretty sure her aunt and mother have come to the Lord already, and her and Andrew are a good team reaching out to young married uh, Ukrainians. So we're excited to have Mary as part of our family. Next in two slide. Ways. Uh, besides uh, uh, English camps and clubs, we also do what we call a discovery Bible studies for those that become interested. And uh, like that's what Mary and Andrew are doing, uh, studying through the book of John. And uh, we do those. Next slide. 
Uh, and then we have what we call life groups. That's kind of like our home church. So we have a network of groups that uh, occasionally will come together in a larger meeting. It's more a worship meeting. But uh, the main meeting is like on Sundays, uh, we'll go- gather in small groups. Next slide. And uh, obviously when the war came, when the invasion happened, uh, we felt like we were experiencing Acts 8 again after Philip was stoned, if you remember, and the uh, Christians were scattered and began to carry Jesus to other parts. And uh, in a sense, a lot of our people in our network of life groups began spreading across Europe. But uh, I'm sure a lot of you have read or learned or understand about, you know, Western Europe especially has kind of become more post-Christian. And uh, so they have opportunity to reach out, but they also were able to reach out to other refugees. So next slide. Uh, This is an example. Thankfully, the pandemic was helpful in getting us uh, into technology and using Zoom. So we're able to continue a lot of our ministry, even as people are scattered across Europe. And uh, in this particular meeting, there are five countries represented, like uh, Spain and Germany and Luxembourg and Hungary and even in Ukraine. So that's cool that God worked it out that way through his faithfulness again. Next slide. One of the girls um, that was in Kiev with us, and she came to camp 10 years ago, accepted the Lord a little bit later, and has grown a lot, been through discipleship, and loves to share Jesus with people. Well, she moved to Budapest uh, for the time being. And anyway, she has, this summer, she was reaching out to Ukrainian kids who have been displaced and doing English And, okay, there we go. Camps and sharing the gospel with them. And then she's reaching out to Ukrainian refugees there in Budapest. So she's just sharing the gospel with everyone she can. We're excited about her. And then we have Yulia. Yulia also came to the Lord at camp and was from that university near our home. And I got the opportunity to disciple her for a couple years. Then a year before the war, she moved back to her home in western Ukraine. And um, when the war began, she started having people who were fleeing maybe the more dangerous places to around Lviv, western Ukraine. They would come through her house. And so she would have like 25 people living with her at a time. And also, she started a humanitarian aid organization. So she's raising lots of money now for soldiers, for medical supplies, all kinds of things. So we're proud of Yulia. Next slide. And uh, here we have Vitaly and Ilona. They're two people from our network that went to Switzerland. And a lot of other Ukrainian refugees were in Switzerland. And so Vitaly and Ilona began to, with the Christians, they began to gather them and train them how to be disciple makers and to start small groups. Now they have uh, a couple of groups going, not only with Christians, but with even refugees that aren't believers. And they're meeting and studying the Bible. So it's exciting to see how God is using them. Um, and I think the, the next slide is a video that, of just some what some of the... Uh, Uh, refugees from our network have experienced uh, as a result of the invasion and then how they've seen God at work. So uh, let's just watch that together. On the 21st of February, I woke up at six o'clock from the sound of explosion. It made me scary and I was so worried and I didn't know what to do. I had to leave my country 
my parents, my family, now I'm in another country. After uh, innovation, um, I feel myself so bad. My life has ch changed completely uh, because uh, all opportunities that I had uh, uh, before um, occupation uh, of my country uh, was taken, uh, uh, taken away completely. One of the hardest decisions in my life to decide and leave my home uh, without any guarantee that I will be back without hearing guarantees that my house will stay, that my family will be well. I needed to decide and, and try to put all my life in a backpack. And after the massive invasion, I realized more deeply the importance of family values. Because here in Ukraine you can lose anyone whom you know and anyone whom you love at any moment, which is a scary feeling. I'm thankful to God that I am in a safe place and God provides me with everything I need and in every step of the way He is with me. I'm learning to live in faith because now I can't really plan more than a month ahead and the illusion that I'm in control of my life is gone. I don't know where I will see my family, my friends, where we will have just simple birthdays or we'll be able to go to the river, you know, or have a trip. It's the best thing that happened with me when I start to build relationships, relationship with him. Uh, because now, uh, even in this horrible situation, I may feel myself uh, so nice. Uh, only when i talking to God, uh, only when I pray, when uh, I feel that God with me. Thank you for your prayer support, um, for me, for my son, for my parents. We all in Switzerland um, since March. Um, yeah, God never left me and my family um, and my parents without food, without shelter. In all of this pain, God is still good and this is very encouraging. He's a great provider, now I know this, you know, truly inexperienced. And he provided me a place to stay, food, community, friends, church. God is good, this is, I know for sure. With God's help, despite of all humans' expectations and predictions, and as well misbelief in Ukraine, uh, Ukraine withstands not three days as it was expected, but already for more than six months. I pray for Ukraine, I pray for peace, for victory for Ukraine and for people, for they come to know God. We need prayers, our soldiers need prayers, and please pray for Ukraine. Okay, one thing that we're really Next encouraged... Slide. One thing we're really encouraged about is just the openness um, to Jesus right now. I have a friend, Next Ollie, slide. that I would like to share about. She came to camp, like our second camp, many years ago. And um, we've been friends for, I don't know, maybe 13 years. And um, Ollie, she heard the gospel at camp, and I'm sure I've shared the gospel with her several times, but she's never grabbed a hold of it. But she has grabbed a hold of a lot of New Age teaching, 
And so she likes Jesus, but she likes everyone else to Buddhism and any yoga and everything. And anyway, after the war, she had to leave to Italy and her husband had to stay because men cannot leave who are age 18 to 60 right now, Ukraine. So she left with her little girl and since she's been there, she's been contacting me and wanting to read the Bible and wanting to know more about Jesus. And she's not mentioning her new age stuff anymore. And also, just like two weeks ago, she wrote me and she said, I found a verse in the Bible. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. She's, what does that mean? How do you, can you give me examples how that works in your life? And she's just so open and she's meditating on scripture. And I'm so excited mm-hmm. to see what God is going to continue. Next slide. Uh, so this was, uh, the, it would be in late January, our mission uh, evacuated us to Budapest, Hungary, uh, because uh, the U.S. Embassy had sent out all the uh, non-essential personnel, so they pulled us out as well. We have a team in Hungary there already, so they were able to, to, to put us up. Uh, next slide. And uh, so what we did uh, once the war began, we uh, began to manage a 12-bed shelter in Budapest that was an office space uh, that our mission had. And uh, so we, uh, we were involved in doing laundry, making beds, uh, buying food and cooking food for refugees. So, um, you know, and just sitting and interacting with them and hearing their stories and praying with them. And uh, really it was overwhelming at times because most of the refugees are women and children without their husbands because the husbands couldn't leave. And they have no idea where they're going. They just have a bag or two is all they have of everything. And, uh, and so they have lots of questions and uh, we had not very many answers, at least initially, because Hungary is not our country where we live. We didn't speak Hungarian. We could communicate with them, but we couldn't communicate with the Hungarians so well. But anyway, we were able to help. I was driving a little car and running them around town, running errands and to the doctor and to the stations and that kind of thing. But uh, it was encouraging to be able to help a lot of these, young, these women that were uh, in a difficult place. Next slide. Um, yeah, next slide. Yeah, next one. Yeah, here we go. I want to tell about this uh, woman, a 96-year-old gra- uh, grandmother. Yeah, she, uh, I happened to meet her, her uh, nephew. Uh, he's standing in the picture on the street in Budapest. And uh, we were just walking on the street at night, and he came up to me and started speaking to me in Russian. I guess he knew I spoke. I don't know how he guessed. And uh, asking, is there a photo place somewhere where I can get a passport photo done for my, my 96-year-old aunt? This was on a Sunday evening. Usually there's not a lot of places like that open on Sunday evening. And, uh, and I said, well, I don't know. I, I don't know one, but I said, let me use Google. So I, I used my phone and I found one that was open that actually served Ukrainians. And I was able to take them to the, uh, get the photo made. And while we were standing there waiting for it to happen, he told me, he said, you know, before I met you, I said to my wife who had been praying, I said to my wife, if we can find a, uh, find a photo place open tonight, I'll believe in God. But he was really doubtful. <laughs> so he, so he told me he had no excuse anymore, and he started to believe. So, uh, next slide. And, so and God, God is also faithfully working on our hearts. So okay. next slide. So I knew when we had to leave Ukraine for a while, and it was about a month in that God was going to be working on my heart too. And so I want to share a little story. This is why this cup is here. So 
I really love coffee, drinking coffee every day, and I have a favorite mug that I drink out of in Ukraine. And so about a month living in Budapest, I was, I was really missing that. It seems silly when people are losing their homes and I'm missing a coffee mug. So I just <laughs> told Randy just about this, and he listened to me. And then a couple days later, he gave me this mug. <laughs> and he could tell. I said, oh, thank you, Randy. But I didn't really like it. <laughs> anyway, but he, he could tell. But I said, no, no, I like it. Anyway, the next day, when I was drinking coffee out of it, I looked down, and I thought, that is the perfect mug for me. That is my mug. Because that's how I was feeling, just chaotic. <laughs> like, just, it didn't make sense. What are we going to do? Our team was so organized. We had, we knew what we were doing, you know, in Ukraine and worked there so long. And so, but I think the Holy Spirit brought to my mind that, well, Jesus drank a, a more important, out of a cup, for you, and so when I thought, when I fixed my eyes on Jesus and what he did for me, thinking of me drinking out of this cup of a little bit of chaos in my life and without my coffee mug, but Jesus, I just fixed my eyes on him. Anyway, that brought a lot of joy to my heart, and I thought that was so cool that he cares about every little part of our lives. You know, it was temp uh, tempting to think that, well, they're suffering, but I'm not suffering. I, you know, anyway, God cares about everything, and I'm thankful that he's, he's continuing to teach me through this. Okay, next slide. Um, so I just wanted to kind of conclude with uh, just some verses that have been meaningful to us, uh, especially during these times of difficulties or challenges in life. Uh, I think uh, Jeremiah has some good words for us. Let me go ahead and read it for us. So he, he says... I guess I can read it here. My soul is downcast within me, yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, and his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. And uh, I can honestly say that there were times when we were in Budapest especially that first morning when the bombs started to fall in Kiev, that my soul was downcast. And times when I was feeling the stress of all these refugees with huge needs, and I didn't have the answers, that my soul was downcast. And, uh, and I just really like Jeremiah's answer here in verse 21. It says, yet this I call to mind. And he repeats himself again in verse 24. I say to myself... And uh, I like to say that Jeremiah is telling us to preach the truth to ourselves, right? To preach the gospel to ourselves. And, uh, and when we do that, when we call to mind these truths, we have hope, like in verse 21. Therefore, I have hope, even in the midst of difficulty, because I know this truth, the Lord's great love, because of it, we are not consumed, and his compassions never fail. They're new every morning, and great is your faithfulness. And uh, I, 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 I want to be in a good habit of when those times of feelings downcast is to preach myself that truth, remind myself of the, not just a little bit of love, 
but God's great love, infinite love. I can get in an airplane and fly and not pass out of his love. Um, Same for in verse 23, his faithfulness is also great. Again, I can't fly out of it. It's infinite, without border. And um, I think uh, um, also his compassions never fail. And I think if every morning, instead of focusing on the difficulties around us, we began to look for the compassions, well, I think we'll be overwhelmed. For me in Budapest, I can remember driving this little car that uh, I was driving people around in, and it was a little diesel Mercedes, and I was uh, stuck in heavy traffic in central Budapest, not moving, just stopped. And uh, I looked down at my gas gauge, and it's on the E, and it's a diesel. And my my, my person with me in the car said, you know, diesel cars, if they run out of gas, they're hard to get restarted. And uh, I already said and got worried. But thankfully, God reminded me, wait a minute. I have an almighty God. So (laughs) I prayed and uh, looked up. And I hadn't moved. I was still stopped in this traffic. I looked up, and the needle had popped up. And, and there was gas, you know, I guess there must have been a little bit of gas in there. And, uh, you know, sometimes if you move the car, it shifts the diesel, but I hadn't moved at all. So I knew God had provided enough gas to get out of there. So we made it, made it through the traffic and were able to fill up later. And uh, so that was a compassion of God. Um, also living in Budapest, we have, uh, didn't have a place to live, our apartments in Kiev. And uh, we were staying with uh, our teammates uh, from our organization there in Budapest, but that's not comfortable for them or for us. Uh, but another missionary couple was gone, and they offered their apartment for us to stay for free for a month and a half, which was nice, another compassion of God. And then when they came back, we still had more to, and we had to start searching for another place to live. And it was difficult to find anything. You know, in Hungary, they don't give anything for less than a year. Uh, you have to rent for a year. And, uh, and then also, they're a little bit wary of foreigners. You know, I think it's probably pretty normal because you're not sure you can trust, trust you or not. And, uh, but we came across a guy that, no big deal, sure, come stay. You know, you don't have to be very long. We don't have to sign a contract, you know. And, uh, and we were able to, you know, I felt that was a compassion of God provided this guy uh, for us. And uh, there were many more like that. And I think as I begin to focus on those things, that gives me greater hope too, instead of focusing on the difficulties and challenges. Um, And the last thing that I wanted to point out that's been meaningful to me is verse 24. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. And I think if we have Jesus, we have everything. And he can take everything else away. As long as I have Jesus, the Lord is my portion. And uh, I'm learning that, and I want to remember that more consistently, especially in those difficult times, because when I understand the Lord is my portion, I can wait and trust, and, it, and, and it's okay if everything's not perfect around me. So uh, we just wanted to kind of close our, our sharing by singing a, a, a song for you in Ukrainian. I think it's a song you probably know, um, so you may, you may find it challenging to understand the Ukrainian. Maybe our, our Russian friend over here, if he's listening, he will pick it out. But, um, uh, but we'll, we'll get to the English in a minute. So let's go ahead and sing it. Tebe <laughs> 
ja v tvojich Isus rukách, vykoli ja prakinus, i doky nezasnú, spívate mu pro tvoju dobratu. Bože žiťa moje ti vierný, i se žiťa moje ti buv plagím, i s kožným podýchom novým spívate mu pro tvoju dobratu. All my life you have been faithful, And all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. Yes, definitely. Uh, last slide then. I just wanted to leave you with a few prayer points for Ukraine. Um, yeah, of course. Pray for a just end to this war. And we'd love to see the Russian army withdraw from Ukraine. I mean, we hate to see anyone die on either side. And we'd love to see the war come to an end. For safety and help for those who are suffering. I know there's a lot of people that have been in war zones and had things bombed out. We had plenty of refugees that experienced that and told stories of losing their homes completely. Uh, for revival in Ukraine, Europe, and the world. Like I said, we feel like we're seeing some of that. We'd love to see more. And then for our safe return to Ukraine in, in late February or early March, we're here on home assignment until then and hoping to return then. You know, if everything stays as it is now, we should be able to go back, but you never know. We'll see. But we're praying that God makes it possible for us to return on time. If, uh, if you're interested, we do have a table out there in the, in the lobby area. You can go and, and look at uh, some pictures. You can sign up if you would love to follow us and receive our prayer emails and be able to pray for us more consistently. And we have a little picture card there that you can use to remember us by and pray for. So feel free to stop by there if you'd like. But thanks so much for, uh, for uh, listening and it's been great to be with you today. Thank you for listening to the Karis Christian Center podcast. If you would like to receive prayer, product, or more information about the ministry, go to www www.karischristiancenter.com or call us at 719-418-4000.